while we're here this morning is to praise the Lamb. Happy Easter to each and every one of you this morning. God bless you. We're looking forward to a good time in the Lord today. Amen. We have a few requests this morning. We want to remember Brother Jonathan in our prayer as he's out ministering. Just pray that the Lord will be with him. I think Sister Shirley uh, texted this morning and her uh, best friend, she had a uh, very special unspoken request for her. She was on the way to the hospital with her. And she said also, I believe her daughter-in-law had had a heart attack. So let's remember Sister Shirley this morning in a special way. Also, uh, we remember Brother Jim Smith in our prayers this morning. He's in the hospital with heart blockage. We just know the Lord is mindful of that request today also. And then we remember Chris Smith from Unionville. Is that right? Okay. Union City. Sorry, not Unionville. Uh, but... We're just going to believe that all is well this morning. If you have something on your heart, just make it known by an uplifted hand. God knows what we have need of in the service this morning. I know he's mindful of each and every one of us today. Amen. Brother George, would you come today and lead us in prayer, brother? How many enjoyed the message here on Wednesday night? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. 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 Everybody, wash your clothes and iron on this morning. Pastor told you to, amen. Let's see, uh, we've got some Easter lilies up here, so we got still got room for souls, uh, Pastor said, at the altar. Is that right? Amen. amen. Let's just uh, bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we certainly love you this morning, and we thank you, Lord, that you've allowed us to gather here today on this resurrection morning, Lord. Lord, we're thankful today that it's a, an empty tomb, Lord. Lord, a lot of good men have lived, but only one could raise themselves back up. And we thank you because you've risen, we can raise with you, Lord. Lord, we ask you that you just, Lord, meet the needs represented here this morning. These spoken requests, Lord, and needs of healing and, and Lord, troubles that need deliverance, Father. Lord, they're all worthy requests, Father. And Lord, we just commit them into your hands, Lord, that you would move upon the scene for them, Lord. And Father, this service today, Lord, may it be a special time, Lord. Uh, Lord, a time we set aside, Father, and as we worship you, Lord, bless these musicians, Lord. Bless Brother Mark, Lord Jesus. Give him, Lord, the, the leadership and guidance, Lord. And Father, we just pray for our pastor today, Lord. Lord, help him to deliver that what you've given him, Lord. Lord, help him speak your word to the bride of Jesus Christ today, Lord. And Father, to feed us, Lord. And Lord, that we may leave rejoicing for the hearing of the word. Lord, we'd be like those coming from Emmaus saying, Did not our hearts burn within us while he spoke to us along the way and opened to us the scripture? And we love you and we thank you.
commit the service into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated just for a moment. Uh, Brother Jonathan's uh, laboring in the gospel this morning, so uh, we'll have our... some worship this morning. Sing with all you got this morning. Amen. He's risen today. God bless you. Appreciate that, brother. Don't you just love the Lord and his grace and his mercy to each and every one of us today? Amen. Let's sing this together, if you will. I believe it's in two songs. Oh, he alive and well and he's living in me to tell the world that he is the 
believe with all of my heart this morning and I'm so glad that he gave me eyes that I can see and ears to hear not what any man says but what the spirit is saying to the church today praise the Lord let's sing this good song oh such love such wondrous love such love such wondrous love that God such as I, how wonderful is love like this, oh such love, such wondrous love, such love, such wondrous love. 
How wonderful is love like this, that God should love me, that he gave his own, only begotten son. Praise the Lord. I want to sing this song just a little bit this morning. I believe it's instrumental. There is a blood that calls to life that paid my
thankful that we have a promise. He's coming back. And if he promised it, it will come to pass. Amen. We'll let you have your seats this morning. We'll have our ushers to come if they would receive the morning offering. And you just give to the Lord. I know he'll bless every effort today. Praise the Lord. We have a special surprise this morning, too. I think uh, the youth is going to sing a song for us this morning. We're looking so forward to it. Brother Matt's been working hard with them, and I know they're going to be a blessing to you this morning. So uh, while they're coming, we'll just, we'll just sing another chorus this morning. thought I was going to sing one. Oh, I am. Amen. Thank you. And because he my name love is my redeemer lifting me up from the ground love is the power when my freedom song is found there ain't no grave gonna hold my body down there ain't no
Out of that grave, I'm walking to. You walked out of that grave, I'm walking to. You walked out of that grave, I'm walking to.
How many can testify that this morning? There ain't no grave going to hold my body down. I hear that trumpet sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And we that which are alive and remain shall meet him in the air. Amen. Let's stand together, if you will, this morning. We'll just invite our pastor to come and to deliver what the Lord has laid on his heart for us today. Amen. Let's just be in prayer for him that God will just give him strength and speak to him in a special way today. many religions, many claims to be saviors. There was a lot of Jesus in Jesus' day, but there was only one Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about this morning is Jesus. We are gathered here in Jesus' name, and whatsoever we do in words and deed, we do it all in the name of Jesus, because without Jesus, you're lost. He is the absolute, He is the foundation, He is the beginning and the end. He is all that we need this morning. I want to wish you all a happy Easter. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord with you to worship 
Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. There's an empty tomb. Many, many great men has come and gone. I've read and studied the lives of many great religious leader, leaders. But I say this about Jesus Christ. He's not just staking a claim that he cannot support. There's a church today that is an evidence that he's risen from the dead. And he's amongst us this morning. Do you love him this morning? Do you appreciate our Lord Jesus Christ? If the brethren will come this morning, this is a tithe of first fruits. You give to the Lord and God will bless you this morning. Let's sing a little song there, brother. Praise the Lord. Well, maybe this morning these lilies will grow in the presence of the Lord. I hope so. What a mighty God we serve. A God that is ever with us, that will never leave us. His presence is here to vindicate His word today. Let's sing. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh, we have the victory. All the demons, they'll have to flee. For when we stand in the name of Jesus, tell me who can stand before in that precious name of Jesus. Oh, we have the victory. Jesus, we have the victory in His precious and wonderful name this morning. Certainly appreciate our musicians, our worship leader this morning. Thank you so much. The Lord is certainly so good to us in uh, bringing us back in the house of the Lord in this wonderful Easter morning to worship Him in spirit and in truth. I want to take you back into the book of Luke chapter 24. Everybody's feeling okay? Praise the Lord. Well, if you're not awakened this morning, I'm going to attempt to wake you up. Okay, don't go to sleep on me. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 24. Oh, I believe Brother George mentioned it on the road to Emmaus. He opened up the understanding of those that was with him. And we understand that their eyes were holen that they could not see him. You see, no man can understand God but by Jesus Christ. No one can ever receive a revelation only through Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate 
The book of Revelation, it is of the revelation of Jesus Christ. It is not the book of John, it is the book of Jesus Christ. So no one can understand God but by Jesus Christ. He came to the end of the journey and then opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. How else can you understand God unless he quickens the word to you? Verses 46, then said unto them, thus it is written, and thus, thus it behooves Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Praise God. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until he be endued with power from on high. This is what the church is lacking, but this is what Christ has given the church. He has given us power, power to live for him, power to serve him, power to live in a world that is dying. In a fainting world, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Christ has left to the church is his power. Let's go to Acts 2, verses 1. love to hear the pages of the Bible just turning in the sanctuary. It sounds so, uh, so wonderful. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is, I believe, what God is wanting from His church to come to the place where he can have divine utterance amongst us. Revelations chapter 3 and verses 1. And unto the angel of the church in Sardius write, These things said he that hath the seventh spirit of God, and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou has a name, that thou livest and are dead. Isn't that, a, isn't that quite a scripture this morning? That God is speaking to the Sardius church, and he said that 
I know that you are living, but I want to tell you something, you are dead. What, what a sharp message from God to the Sardius church. What a delivery as he opens up this Sardius age. He comes right straight to the point and declare what the condition of that church was. And friends, I want to say the churches of today are not a long way from that. He said, you are living, but you are dead. I'm going to talk about a living church this morning and a dead church. And you belong to one of them. You might be living, but you might be dead. But if you are alive in Christ, then you are alive in the Holy Spirit. But if you are alive in a church, then you are dead is what uh, John is writing here on the Isle of Patmos. I want to continue this morning on the Pentecostal power by the help of the Lord for my Easter message to you. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we deem it such a privilege to be back in the house of the Lord. We ask that your divine presence and Holy Spirit will just come into our midst this morning. We come against every spirit of gloom and oppression in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray that the power of God will be manifested amongst us. For we did not come with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I rebuke every spirit of melancholiness across this audience right now. In Jesus' name, I ask the power of resurrection to move into every life under the sound of my voice for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. What a, what a mighty God that we serve today. He's such a Savior that cares so much for us. And the man's just trying to do God a service without it being God's will. November the 27th, Brother Brandon made a statement. He says, as we sit in this solemn moment, almost like a funeral, for we're facing the burial of a dying, dead world, a dying, dead church. You see, the Spirit of God through John did an autopsy on the church in uh, Sardius. And he declared that the church was dead. It's the dying church, the burial of a dead world, a dying dead church. Now we understand that the spirit of death has killed many churches. And for many that are still left alive, they are on life support. We see a spirit going into the nation. It is a spirit of death that is striking the churches of God. You see, when Jesus confronted the church of Sardius, he described them as being dead. Imagine that. He described that church. He said, 
You are living, but you are dead. Friends, I want to say that we've got a lot of living people in this age and a lot of living people in churches. But the question I ask you is, are they alive? Is there life in the church? That is a sad declaration of a church as Jesus diagnosed the problem. However, God's original church has the spirit of life in it. Can you say amen? You see, they have power. They were vibrant. They were bold. They were passionate. And they were alive with the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the first book of Acts. Not the third church or the fourth church, but the book of Acts church. They had power in it. They were jubilant, vibrant, energetic, and enthusiastic about the power of God. Now we understand that the pillar of fire is yet with the bride church today, keeping her fresh in the Shekinah glory. Do you believe it? I believe it is here to keep us fresh. There's nothing like the presence of Jesus Christ. If you have come to this meeting and have never sensed God's presence, then you have missed something this morning. And if God's presence does not show up in our meeting, then it's a death service. It takes the Shekinah glory to make things alive in our lives. It freshens us up. It gives us new hope. It heals us. It, uh, it, it, it brings to us the things that God has spoken of us. It redirects us. It corrects us. It brings us in leadership to the Holy Spirit. Without the presence of God, we are as the sardius church, dead and don't know it. I love what Brother Bram said in a message. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. In uh, June the 27th, 1963, he said, There is that same pillar fire, that same light amongst us, bearing forth the life that it is when it was in Jesus Christ, doing the same thing in the bride church today. Do you believe that? The same Jesus. The same pillar of fire, the same God is risen from the dead. Remember, Jesus was the Logos that came out of God. It was the light that came out of God, the Logos that exuded out of God. The light that Paul saw, the pillar of fire, was Jesus. He said, who are you? He said, I'm Jesus. That same Jesus is back in the church. Do you believe that? He's here to heal you. He's here to do miracles in your lives. He's here to touch your mind and your spirits today. He's here to restore everything you have lost in your life. I believe it is our anointing today. In a question and answer, uh, number 2, 1964, August the 23rd in the evening service, the prophet says, was the pillar fire the son of man? Someone asked the question. Was the pillar fire the son of man? He said, no, the pillar fire is the anointing. You believe that? 
The pillar of fire is the anointing. When the world is trying to rewrite what families should be like. When they are trying to relabel what the church should be like. I believe the anointing of the Holy Spirit is in the church this morning. To touch our minds and our spirits. You see, friends, what I'm simply saying is life is too short to worship in a dead, powerless church. I think it's time that the church of God wake up to the reality that there's something powerful about us. There's something real about us. There's something genuine about us. And that is the Holy Spirit in the church. You see, I want us to be a church that makes the devil nervous when we meet together. Satan go to trembling when we meet together because we have power in the name of Jesus. You see, the restoration of the word has turned us back into full power in the church. And Jesus saying, Timothy, he talked about that the people in the last age, how they will be heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, truce breakers, incontinence. Come on, church. That's right. Having a form of godliness, but denying what? The power. I don't say we don't have a religious church. I don't say everybody's in preaching Jesus. But the question I ask, is there power in the church? They have a form, but no power in it. Friends, don't settle just for a form. Don't settle just to say, I got religion, or I believe in Jesus. You've got to have the power of God's Spirit flowing in your lives. You see, this is what they had, a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. There was no power to heal the sick, to do miracles and signs and wonders. There was no power of God to cause them to overcome sin and the age that we live and the spirit of the age. There was no power to help them to serve God so faithfully. Why? Because they deny the Holy Spirit. Are you following me now? I want to say that Christ, the revealed word, in full maturity has been waved over us. You believe it? The full word has been waved over us. It was not Brother Branham that was waved over us. It was the word that was waved over us. He was just a man like you, any other man in this building. But there was a gift there that God used to bring the church back to the place it needs to be. But what he waved what was the word before the people. Do you believe that? It is the rising of the sun in 1960, uh, uh, April the 18th in the morning service. I love this. He said, the full maturity of the word has turned back again in its full what? Power. And being waved over the people. So why is our churches so powerless? Why there's no power in the lives of Christians today? Why is the power so limited in the churches when the word has been waved before us and has turned us back again to its full power as it was under the Pentecost? I believe this is the bright age. This is the evening time. Do you believe that? 
And I believe that we're carriers of a great message of this hour. Do you believe that? It is the hour that we're living in. We're carriers of a great message that God has given us. And that message is Christ is alive in the church. He's alive. We have raised him out of history. He's not a form or a creed or a doctrine. He's alive in the church. You believe it? Hallelujah. Modern events made clear by prophecy in December the 6th, 1965. We're living on up here to the broad age. The calling out of the church and getting it together for what? The rapture. That's the age that we're now living, friends. It takes power for the rapture to happen. It did not happen under Luther or Wesley or Reformation. It happens in this age where the Holy Spirit is back in the church. You believe it? We're living in a bright age, the calling of our names. Hallelujah. The calling of our names. There's no other message as call our names but the message of Jesus Christ. The church call our names. The bishop call our names. The pastor call our names. The organization call our names. But one day, Jesus called our names. And he called us through a message in this age. You believe it? Do I believe we're living in the age where the calling of our names? We never knew who we were until we heard our names called. We followed all kinds of systems and isms and religiosity and everything else. But there was one spirit that called our name. And that was the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, in this age. You believe it? And it's bringing us back to God through a channel of a word prophet. Do you believe it? We do have today, by God's help, the perfect interpretation of the word with divine vindication. What we have is the perfect interpretation of the word. Not reformation, but revelation. Do you believe it? Where would you be today if there was not revelation? We would be in any religious groups. There's a lot of religious groups around the world. But you see, there's a difference. There's always been a difference in every age. God has to make the difference. And he sends the messenger with the word for that age. You believe that? So we have the perfect interpretation of the word with divine vindication. I believe this is the flame that keeps our church empowered this morning. That we have the truths and we have the vindication. It isn't just preaching anything. We have no thoughts of our own. We have no message of our own. Our message is Jesus Christ. Our message is Jesus Christ. And brother, I'll tell you, Jesus Christ came alive in this age. Jesus Christ is alive in this age. He's not dead. He's alive. He's not in an empty tomb. He's here today. The tomb is empty. He's alive. Do you believe it? I want you to know this. What house will you build me in uh, November 21st, 1965? Not only our message should be the flame of the hour, but it should be the flame in our hearts. We have a flame. We have a fire. We have the Holy Spirit. 
We have flames in our lives. If there's no flames in your death, you need to fan the flame and let the Holy Spirit burn in your lives this morning. We have the flame of the Holy Spirit. Our message should be the flame of the hour. You believe it? Hallelujah. I see so many, so many church. The fire is just dying down. The power is dying down. There's just no life in the church. There's no power there in the church. I believe that God is wanting us to come back to this place. I believe that the book of Acts church one, uh, fire had fire and power. Do you believe that? And so will the book of Acts 2 have fire and power in it. This is what God is asking for a church. People that are warmed by the Holy Spirit. People who are, their hearts are inflamed with the Holy Spirit. They have this joy of the Lord in their lives. It's not that, oh, it's just Sunday morning and we got to go to church and do our duties and we got to, you know, all these different uh, uh, ritualistic things that we do. It's beyond that. There ought to be such a bubble inside of our lives, such a flame burning in our hearts. Oh, God, send the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, I'm not perfect, but send the Holy Ghost. Send the fire, the flames. Let it burn up everything that's unlike Christ. You see, it is, so, it is so terrible. As I said, the book of Acts 1 had the fire and power, and so will the book of Acts 2. And you are the book of Acts 2. You believe that? You see, the church has gotten to such a place to where everything has just been normalized. Everything is just, just normalized. It's just everything has been, de it's, it's a desensitization. Our people have become so desensitized to the fire and flames of God's power in the church anymore that they think it's just a good service. It's just got to be a good workup. You see, friends, I have church when I'm not even here because there's a flame burning down on the inside of the inside. Anybody with any kind of gifts can come to the pulpit and work you up and make you feel good. Then you leave here and feel satisfied. But I'm talking about a lasting flame in your souls this morning. One that keeps you every day and every hour in the midst of persecution. In the midst of trial. That flame of God's power is there. Do you believe that? You see, the churches today is so subnormal that if they ever get back to... The book of Acts 1, normal, it will seem to people to be abnormal. Does that make sense? That's right. It's just, it's become so subnormal. They don't know what normal is. That if it gets back to the book of Acts normal, it'll become so abnormal to people. People are just, wow, what, what, what are we waiting on? What, what are we waiting? We're waiting for God to just impact his church. The Bible said that they were in the upper room, waiting for a moving of the Holy Spirit. I pray that God will do that to us. You remember the flames in your lives? You remember how the fire burned in your life? You remember when you first embraced Jesus Christ? When God first got a hold of your heart and, and touched you, there was something different about you. There was a radiance about you. You wanted to tell everybody about Jesus Christ. 
I believe that God is wanting the church to come back to that place of their testimony where they're so on fire for Christ. You believe it? Yes, the church needs an awakening today. Our souls need to be ignited with passion. When we come to church, we ought to be passionate about it. When we sing, we sing with passion. When we pray, we pray with passion. Hallelujah. When we praise, we praise with passion. When we preach, we preach with passion. Yes, this flame needs to be ignited in God's church again. We hear a lot about revival today. And some churches are beyond the point. I think of revival. What we need is uh, a resurrection. Not just a revival, but a resurrection. We hear so much about it. We're having revival. And this church is having revival. And we hear a lot about that. What we need is resurrection, friends. You cannot have a revival unless there is a resurrection. And so many people are simply to a place to where they've gotten over Jesus and the revealed word of our day. That's right. It's sad to say. But they've gotten over Jesus. You know, they used, it used to mean a lot to them. It used to mean a great deal in their lives. It used to be the priority in their lives. It used to be first in their lives. But they've gotten over Jesus. And they've gotten over the message of resurrection, the message of our day. Can you say amen? So Jesus is now another byword. And the message of the hour has become so common to us. But I say, friends, don't never let Christ become common to you. Don't lose sight of the power of what this message is and what it has done in your lives. Do you remember the fire that it had in your life? Do you remember the power that it had in your life? Do you remember that? May it never get to a place to where we lose that excitement about church and about what God has done in our lives. May it never become common of what Jesus Christ did at Calvary for us simply because it has been commercialized so much. It is a reality. What Christ did for us is a reality. Don't lose sight of the power of what God can do in your lives. Do you remember the excitement that you possessed when you first embraced Jesus Christ and this living word? Remember that? Everybody thought you were a fanatic. People looked at you strange. People thought that you were just a little different than the normal person. You remember that spring in your walk, that joy in your talk. It was joy unspeakable and full of glory. You remember that? What a wonderful time it was. That double dose of God's power and anointing that was upon your life. Some of you men, you worked 60 hours a week, but you can hardly wait to get in the house of the Lord. We had revival from Sunday to Sunday, and none of us ever missed it. And we have to get up early in the morning, go back to work, start service the next day, seven days in the week. Some of you just have a cardiac arrest 
we have to call the, 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 the ambulance to, to bring us in the house of God. We have a long, straight week of service. Come on, church. We, we, we've gotten so cold and so formal and so set in our ways. But I'm talking about the flames of God's power. You remember that? How many remembers that? Amen. That joy of the Lord, that is our strengths. That Holy Ghost Spirit that moved in our lives. I mean, if you, your family thought that you really, you really went off the deep ends. You remember that? Yeah, you did. Amen, they called you names. You see what they sensed there was something real. It was Pentecostal power. It was something that, that caused you to be a little strange to the world. You see, people don't want to be strange to the world anymore. You remember that excitement? You remember that? It was wonderful, wasn't it? There was a young man who got such a double dose of power and excitement when he first received Jesus Christ and this message that his parent sent him to a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist said to him, I have a few questions for you, three to be direct. He said, son, when were you born? He said, well, I've been born twice. Which time are you talking about? The psychiatrist scratched his head, cleared his throat, and he said, who's your father? He said, well, I have an earthly father and a heavenly father. Which one are you talking about? The psychiatrist says, where is your home? He said, well, come to think about it, I have two, one in heaven and one on earth. Which one are you talking about? By the time the session was over, they had to send a psychiatrist to a psychiatrist. You remember that time? You remember that power? You remember the Holy Spirit and driving a point? You remember that day when you turned the world upside down? That's what God wants in this church. Power. Holy Ghost power. Hallelujah. That people even witness it in the world. On your job, in places that witnessed there was a Holy Spirit power that was moving in your life. Do you believe that, friends? We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, operating the gifts of the Spirit. You see, people's, people's lives turn around in our day. When was the last time you see someone actually came completely out of the world? I'm talking about out of the world. That was a rank sinner and light turned around. You know what it is? A lack of power. When power began to be displayed, the world would notice it. They cannot ignore it. They'll have to say that these people have been with Jesus. They'll know there's something real in your life. Can you say amen? So we want to see people's lives turn around. People healed physically, emotionally, relationally, socially, and spiritually in our, their lives. When God sends for Pentecost, power, amazing things will happen in our lives. When Pentecost of power shows up, amazing things will happen. Things that are impossible. Things that seem so far to reach. 
that is so hard to reach when Pentecostal power comes amongst us, amazing things will take place. You know what will happen? Barriers are broken. Opposites are reconciled. Unity is established. Diseased is cured. Addiction is broken. Spirits are renewed. Hope is reestablished. When God shows up with power, supernatural things happen. People are blessed. And you know what happened? Church happens. When God sent the Holy Spirit, church happens. When the power of God shows up, amazing things happen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You begin to have church then. You're not just sitting around in just forms or doing religion. Things happen. You've got to come with the mindset to church to be changed. You cannot come to church with this mindset, I've arrived, and if I can just get a little bit, maybe a word of encouragement, uh, that's all I need. You know, you have got to come with the mindset that, God, I want to be changed for the better today. I want to leave the house of God a better person than I came in. When I walk in here, I want to walk out a better person. you got to change your mindsets. So, oh, God. Send the Holy Spirit to make me a better person. I'm not, I'm not really there. I'm not where I need to be, Lord. But I'm coming with that mindset. Change me. I'm not forgiving enough. I'm not loving enough. I hold too many grudges. I've got too many baggage. But change me. Send Holy Ghost power and change my life. You believe it? Yes, things will happen when God shows up. The old preacher says, God is up to something. Discouraged folks, cheer up. Dishonest folks, fess up. Sour folks, sweeten up. Close folks, open up. Gossiper, shut up. Conflict folks, uh, make up. Sleeping folks, wake up. Lukewarm folks, fire up. Dry bones, shake up. Peeled potatoes, stand up. But most of all, Jesus Christ is lifted up. Hallelujah. I wonder where we fit in there. I wonder where we fit in there. I come to church to be changed. I come to church to be a better person. I came to church for God to touch my life with the light of Jesus Christ. I came here today for God to manifest himself in my life. When God sends forth the Spirit, amazing things happen. Amazing things happen. Things that are impossible begin to change in your life. Things that it seems that uh, nothing can be done about it certainly is turned around. In the presence of Jehovah, great things happen when God begins to speak to us, do you believe it? If that is going to happen in our church, you see certain conditions need to be met and certain lifestyle uh, needs to be changed for God to do great things in our lives. We need a paradigm shift in our life. Things to move, outstanding care, examples to be reestablished. you believe it? We need patterns. We need examples. We need a paradigm shift in our lives, friends. 
if supernatural things happen, we need changes. You believe it? Yes. Until the people who call themselves the bride of Christ get a refilling of the Holy Spirit, we will not experience the power of Pentecost. I believe the dynamics of this age is a refilling of the Holy Spirit. I believe this is what God is asking on his heart on this Easter morning to cry out to him, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Never mind last service experience. Never mind last week's service. I'm talking about now, Lord, send your Holy Spirit. We need freshness in the church. Fresh Holy Spirit move in our churches. You believe it? We're so stuck in the past. We're so stuck in past experiences. Friends, last Sunday was good. Last Wednesday was good. But today's a new day. We need a freshness of the power of God's spirit in our church and our lives. You believe it? Until we live by repentance and faith, we will always be going through the motions of religion without knowing the person of Jesus Christ. In a message, what was the Holy Ghost given for in 1959, December the 17th? He said, if you're full of religion, you're miserable. Just religion, that's all. We have come too far for just religion. We have come too far just to say that we are the message or, or just to uh, breathe the name of Jesus. You've got to know him in the power of his resurrection. You believe that, friends? You realize in Jesus' day that there was a great following. Many that went to his meeting, many even who worshipped him, many even that was gathered in all of his campaigns. But friends, they still had a bit of tradition still deep down in their hearts. They were still holding to Moses' law. They were still holding to tradition and religion. That's what the law is, religion. Keeping the law is religion. But grace and truth is Jesus Christ. That without him, we cannot do anything. Praise God. We need to lose religion. Religion will make people miserable. Miserable. That's right. Full of religion, that doesn't get you anywhere. You got to be full of the Holy Spirit. We need transformation in the churches. We need transformation in our lives, transformation in our homes, transformation in our churches. You believe that? Individually, we need transformation. We're not just here collectively as a church just saying we're going to go in the rapture as a church. No, you're going to rapture as an individual. You realize that? If the rapture comes today, you go in the rapture as an individual, not as a church. When rapture time comes, you'll be raptured individually. And I believe God is bringing the church to that place to realizing the wholesome responsibility we have as Christians. To say, Lord God, I want to be filled with your power and want transformation in my life. I want trans things to transform, to change, transform. It's to go from one stage to the next that will better our lives, not just the same person, the same old, the same old things, but something new in our lives every day. Do you believe it? You see, if we rely on just joining the message 
as our only hope of the resurrection without the experience of the Pentecostal power, then we are all deceived. We're all deceived. You've got to know Jesus Christ. Before you can know this message, you've got to meet Jesus. You've got to have Holy Ghost power before you understand the word. Because when he, the Holy Ghost, is come, he will guide you into all truth. You believe it? So without the experience of Pentecost, of power, we are all deceived. And if our faith only consists of a single event where we only profess the message without a transformation, that it is an incomplete faith. It is an incomplete faith. You can't just say, I go to church because I'm in a message. Or my mama was in a message. You've got to know Jesus Christ. He is the absolute that leads you to the word. You believe that? Christ has got to be preached, friends. Unless Christ is preached, people are going to die in our message churches. Unless the Holy Spirit is preached, we'll never understand the language the prophet brought us. That's why we have so many theologians in our message. They're quotations. That's right. Come on, church. But if you ever get the Holy Ghost, those quotes will come alive. That's right. They'll come alive in your lives. You believe it? Without a transformation then it is an incomplete faith. You see, to hear some people talk, you will think that once we come to the message, we just wait around for heaven to go to heaven, and we're just putting in time until Jesus comes. If that is the way we think, we will never experience Pentecostal power. You believe it? You will never experience Pentecostal power. If that is the way we think, we will never understand that this message has come to establish God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Are you following me now? And we are his agents through whom he works to make that happen this morning. I believe we are to grow in holiness and be salt and light to a tasteless and dark world. We are to become transformed on a daily basis through spiritual, uh, uh, being a spiritual disciples and then become agents of transformation in a world that we now live in. We're not just sitting around waiting to go to heaven. No, we are here because we have had a message that connected us with Jesus Christ to whom that word is wanting to be lived out in us this morning. The resume of the church ages, not for one moment do I bring a message to the people that they might follow me or join my church or to start fellowship and organization. I've never done that and will not do that now. I have no interest in those things, but I do have an interest in the things of God and people. And if I can establish just one thing, I will be satisfied. That one thing is to see established a true spiritual relationship between God and man, wherein men become new creations in Christ. 
filled with the Spirit and live according to the Word. This message didn't come to make us theologian, but to establish God's kingdom on earth as it is in the heaven. You believe it? That's what it's all about. Jesus Christ being established in our hearts. Where men become new creations in Christ, filled with the Spirit, and live according to His Word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As Brother George Smith said on Memorial's face, we've become book carriers. Come on, don't get quiet. We've become book carriers and never received the Holy Ghost. You know, church, young people, you know what you need is an experience with Christ. You need to meet Jesus Christ. And when you meet Him, He'll lead you to the Word. You believe that? God help us. You see, you don't only want this message just because you know it's right. You want it because it has power to transform your life. Because there's no other message that connected us, man, to God as this message. It is the only message that brought a true connection between men and God. Are you with me this morning? And we want it because it has power to transform our lives. You believe it? Hope you got a different perspective of the message now. Hallelujah. It's not just joining the church. I'm just saying that I'm, I, I, I believe a prophet. Many great religion has prophets. Come on, church. Many great religion has prophets. But I'm talking about a connection between men and God. It was a supernatural ministry of Elijah that connected us. You believe it? This is the part that many people don't like about the message, you see. To be a member of the bride of Christ, we need the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life every day. Every day. A sister called you on the phone and said, Sis, I just want to ask you to pray for me. I'm having some serious stomach cramps. Okay, sis, when I lay the phone down, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. And God's power begin to move. As soon as a real daughter of God that was established by truth to God himself began to pray, supernatural things begin to happen. You believe it? You know, if God raised the dead in, in some churches, people will faint. They don't believe it. They don't think that God can do that. They don't believe that God can uh, give a, a blind man his eyes, his eyesight, or open the deaf ears of someone that was born deaf. They don't believe those things. But God says they will happen in the church. You believe it? I believe it. So to be a member of the bride, you need the power of the Holy Spirit operating your life every day. Every day, there's an operation of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's, there's, actually, there's actually nine spiritual gifts that's given into the church. And these are not just written there for you to read about. They should be operating in every church. How many believes you're in a church? The book of Acts church, too. Then these gifts should be operating in the church. Tongues, interpretation, discernment, healing, miracles, supernatural. You believe that? It should happen in this church and every church. Hallelujah. 
To be a member of the bride of Christ, you need the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life every day. You see, the churches are dead and empty because they are disengaged and distracted. There are just too many things out there to attract our attention. So the church becomes disengaged and distracted. We have to do this. We have to do that. We have, to, we have so many things that Satan places at our disposal that we have to do. I want to ask you a sobering question this morning. You don't have to answer out loud, but in your mind. Go through the have to list and really buy the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you check off those things that you really have to do. Or you really do. You'll find that there's a lot of things on your list that you call the have to list. It's not really the have to things. The have to things is the things of God. The have to things are the things that are important to the spirits. But you understand that the churches has become dead and empty because of disengaged people and distracted people. That's right. Everything you see today on the commercials, on your phones, they're selling so many different things. It only takes five minutes for this or five minutes for that or two minutes a day. When you add all of that up, you're running in overtime, friends. You don't have enough uh, time at the end of the day for all these things. You have to do a reality check and say, Lord, what is really the hatches in my life? We need a reality check. This is why we're suffering from a dead church. I read the story of a new pastor in a small Oklahoma town. He spent the first four days making personal visits to each of the members, inviting them to come to his first service. The following Sunday, the church was but empty. Accordingly, the pastor placed a notice in the local newspaper stating that because the church was dead, it was everyone's duty to give it a good, decent Christian burial. The funeral would be held the following Sunday afternoon, and the notice said, curiously, a large group turnout for the funeral. In the front of the pulpit, they saw a closed coffin smothered in flowers. After the pastor delivered his eulogy, he opened the coffin and invited his congregation to come forward and pay their final respects to their dead church. Filled with curiosities as to what would represent the corpse of their dead church. All the people eagerly lined up to look into the coffin. 
Each mourners peered into the coffin with a guilty, sheepish look. There in the coffin was a mirror. And their own faces stared back to them. Saints, if your church is a dead, powerless church, the answer is not to blame someone else. The answer is to look in the mirror. If you're in a position where you're drying up, look in the mirror this morning. Are you with me? Hallelujah. I believe God wants this church to come to that place. If you feel no power, look in the mirror. If you don't sense God, look in the mirror. If there's no healing, look in the mirror. Come on now. There's no victory. Look in to the mirror this morning. As God's church, we must have an atmosphere where God can move. You see, you have to create that atmosphere for God to move in. As I said some weeks ago, if you want to have a choir, you have to join the choir. Hallelujah. If you want to have a jubilant church, start being jubilant. If you want to have a church that's got power, you need power. The church is dying because of power. You believe it? Yes, we need an atmosphere where God can move and there must be an atmosphere that brings us all together this morning. And said, so, Lord, I'm going to church for one reason, and I'm going to get my answer. I'm going to get my answer. Amen. I don't know what you came for, but I came with a, with a question on my mind. And I came with a prayer request on my mind. And I'm not leaving like Jacob until God brings me. That's the attitude that God needs in this church. I'm not leaving until God answer my prayers. What we find in the churches today are shoppers and hoppers. Amen. They're just shopping around just to see what the church can give them. It's not what the church can give you. It's what you can give Jesus Christ. Are you following me this morning? If it doesn't fit them, then they hop to the next place. Amen. Shoppers and hoppers. Amen. In our churches. No wonder the people are losing the victory. Why are people so tossed about? Because they need Christ in their lives. You believe it? We need an atmosphere of Pentecostal power. I wonder how many, don't raise your hands. I wonder how many got up this morning and said, Lord, send Pentecost in the church. Send the Holy Ghost in the church. Pastor is reading. It was a resurrection scripture. Go in Jerusalem and endure. That's not his resurrection. He was going to meet the church to empower them. But God has risen this morning. He wants to empower us. You believe that? How many got up saying, Lord, send Holy Ghost power, Lord? I'm tired of suffering with this chronic uh, uh, disease. I'm tired of suffering with this chronic problem in my body. I'm tired of suffering with this sickness. I'm tired of the devil messing with my mind. Lord, I'm going in the house of God, in an atmosphere where God's presence can break and destroy the yokes. You believe it? When this happens, it will be too powerful to be ignored. Hallelujah. Amen. People will have to fess up and say, you know what? God is in that church. 
God is in those people. It'll be too powerful to ignore. You believe it? Lives would be changed. Miracles and healings will happen in every service. Things will happen. Praise the Lord. I left today with my miracle. I don't know what you took out of it, but my take out of it was God healed me. God spoke to me. God gave me direction. God led me. Pentecostal power touched my life and transformed the way I used to think. You believe it? In a message to Token in 1963, July the 1st in the morning service, he said, the Holy Ghost, that's the only way and only sign that God will ever pass because it is the literal life of Jesus Christ returning back into the believer. The Holy Ghost is the only way, the only sign that God will pass over. You believe it? You want signs and wonders? Cry out for the Holy Spirit. Right, because that's the only thing that God will ever pass over. Hallelujah. Signs and wonders to pass over your life. You need an infilling of God's power. I don't talk, I'm not talking about just today, but every day of your life. Fill me, Lord. Fill me. Fill me. You know, when you get filled, it pushes out a lot of unwanted things in your lives. Amen. When you're empty, you're filled up with anything. But when the Pentecostal power touches your life, it pushes out doubts. It pushes out fear. It pushes out frustration. It pushes out sin. Amen. I love it. The Holy Ghost is the only way. I love it. The Pentecostal church is the pattern and cannot change. You believe that? The Pentecostal church is the pattern and it cannot change. God's not going to start a new church. He already started the church. Praise the Lord. God started this church like he wants it and he wants it like he started it. He's still God. God started this church like he wants it, and he wants it like he started it. And that was Pentecost. That was the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. You believe it? Church, we would see Jesus in March the 9th. And the first church was a Pentecostal church. Can I get a great big amen? amen. Filled with the Holy Ghost, signs and wonders and miracles accompanying it. You believe it? Where are the signs? Where is the God of Elijah? Where are the miracles? Where are the wonders in the church? Praise the Lord. I want it in my life. Amen. When the Holy Spirit comes, miraculous things happening. You by yourself. Nobody cares, it seems like. But God hears your prayers. It seems like when nothing else is moving, when you're filled with God's spirit, somehow you can just uh, you can just say a word, a prayer to God, and it comes up into the presence of Almighty God. The Bible said, "Your prayers are like the morning incense that arises into the presence of Almighty God." You know what an incense does? It fills every area of a room. Hallelujah. This is what we need to fill our lives with the incense of prayer. That will fill every area of our lives. Every area of where we dwell. Every area in our minds. That the presence of God can come and take control of our lives. I believe God has promised the last day church 
I, re I repeat, a Pentecostal power. Do you believe that? In Joel 2 and 28, the Bible says, and it shall come to pass afterward. This is where the word has been already restored. You drop down to the next verse. It says afterwards. This is after we have received Elijah's message. This is after the word has been restored in the church. And it shall come to pass. Afterwards, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Where's that in the churches anymore? You start talking about dreams and visions and people think that you're spooky. They think there's something wrong with your head. You've got a few screws loose in your mind. But the Bible says this, that after the word is restored in the church, there will be the power of God in the church. I believe in spiritual dreams. I believe God can give a person a direct dream exactly what to do in their life. You believe that? God still visits us. In dreams today. Oh, I know what you're going to say next. Well, dreams are secondary. Uh, when there was a prophet in the land, the word of the Lord comes to the prophet. That's right. I believe that. Amen. We have the prophet's word now, but God has given us dreams and visions in this age. You believe that? The church is being ran by the operation of the Holy Spirit. You believe that? Hallelujah. I was in a meeting some time ago, and I didn't know if these brothers didn't believe in the supernatural and the afterwards. You see, this is the afterwards. You see, the word is restored. I will restore to you, Joel 2, 25, 26. Amen. But then after it's restored, he says something is supposed to happen in the church. What is that? The Spirit. A revival of the Spirit in the church. And with that, there are signs and wonders. The old man shall have dreams. And the young man shall see visions. I was in a real the theological meeting in a message with some brethren. And uh, I, I, somehow I was sharing some things. And I, I said something about I, I had a vision from the Lord. And an older brother, he came over to me and he called me aside. And he said, look, young preacher, I want to tell you something. There is only one person who can see vision, and that is a prophet. And there was only one person could interpret a dream, and that is a prophet. And he said, the dreams were done away with, the visions were done away with. When Brother Branham was here, they were here. After he left, they left with him. Come on, church. I looked at that brother, and I know it cost me in a meeting. I said, that is a lie from the pits of hell. I said, God still has dreams and visions and supernaturals in the church. you believe it? I believe it. I believe visions happen in the church. God's preparation, I think, before March the 1st. Have you noticed every quote for some reason I'm reading is in March? Amen. April, rather. April the 4th. April the 5th. April the 6th. It's Easter time. God's preparation. And those people on the day of Pentecost got the Holy Ghost and staggered and shouted and acted like a bunch of maniacs. I rest my case. That's the kind of experience I want. If the apostle went forth, who claimed the Holy Ghost, performed signs and wonders, I want my experience to be just like that. That's what I want. I want to match that. And if this isn't that, then where is that? I want that in the church. Come on now. 
If this isn't that, then where is that in God's church? You believe it? I want my experience to match that. Everybody say that. That was what they had on the day of Pentecost. I believe the bride of Christ must return to the Pentecostal power. You believe that? Young people to be refreshed every day. To get up with a, with a brand new zeal in your heart. Not just to do a devotion because it's ritualistic. But Lord God, I just can't wait to read your word. I'm not just doing a program here. This is why programs are all right. Amen. But you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, there's something in my life that I've got to read your word today. I've got to pray. You know, a day without prayer can be very dangerous. A day without reading your Bible can be very dangerous. This is why, you know why we do it? Because we are in love with Jesus. That's the song uh, our brother sang. I'm in love with Jesus, and he is in love with me. You believe that? You want to be in love with Jesus. As the musicians come forward, I want to be in love with Jesus this morning. I want to be in love with his word today. You know, let me make a statement. This is going to mess up some of your message theology. The only people that has ever found this message as a revelation were people who were seriously in love with Jesus Christ. It is people who are seriously in love with Jesus Christ. The rest is just traditions. They're just following something. If you ever get so in love with Jesus Christ, this message will be a revelation to you. You believe it? I'm telling you the truth. In my, in my years of pastoring and ministering, I have found the one that really have a true revelation of this message are the ones that were so in love with Jesus Christ that God says that I'm going to reveal my truth to you. Friends, you've got a cart in front of the horse. You've got to get in love with Jesus. If you ever get in love with Jesus, everything else will fall in place. You believe that? Oh, I love it. Let me finish this. The bride of Christ must return to the power of Pentecost. It wasn't so from the beginning, 1960, March the 6th. That's exactly where the church has left him. They left him at Pentecost. The only way they'll get to the real message, watch this, is to go to Pentecost. Where they left him at. Go back to where the Holy Ghost came like a rushing mighty wind and fell on the church. They'll get the real message if they'll go back to Pentecost. Come on, church. When you go back to where Jesus told the disciples to meet them. He said, I want you to go ahead, ahead of me and meet me in Jerusalem. Amen, go tell, tell my disciples that I will meet you in Jerusalem. And I want you to wait there. And that's where you'll receive the message. They'll get the real message to go back to Pentecost where they left him out. Go back where the Holy Ghost came like a rushing mighty wind and fall on the church. 
You know, we will ever understand the, the truths that we have uh, is when we come to the place for God to infill us. And I'm not talking about a bunch of fanaticism. I'm not talking about a bunch of work, uh, work up emotionalism. I'm talking about a reality where you're right there in your seat. You can slip your hands up and say, oh, God. I want what the preacher is talking about this morning. I want that. I want that Holy Spirit in my life. I want Holy Ghost power in my life. Let's all stand to your feet. You believe it? Amen. Pentecostal power. Love that, Brother George. That's exactly where the church left him. They left him at Pentecost. The only way, the only way they'll get the real message. Hallelujah. You can't understand this message without the Holy Ghost. You can't understand, amen, those tapes without the Holy Ghost. This is why some people make little of it. Some people don't even listen to it. Some people put it in the back corner because they don't have the Holy Ghost. But if you have the Holy Ghost, it's spiritual food in due season. Hallelujah. Oh, the church needs an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I wonder you feel that way in your life today. Lord, I want to be changed. I want to be changed, Lord. I want to be changed. Change me, Lord. Change me, Father. I'm tired of the way I am. The way I am isn't working anymore. I've got to lose me. I've got to lose myself. On this Easter morning, pastors preach and Pentecostal power. I've got to lose me, Lord, and find Jesus. Are you wanting to say, Lord, I just want to surrender myself to you. I want to give myself to you, Lord. I want to give myself to you. I'm going to open this altar for anybody that's so bold and brave. Amen. Just to walk down here and stand at this altar. Lift your hands up and say, Lord, change me. Renew me. Quicken me. Come to me. Give me a revival in my soul. Will you come? If you want to rededicate your life, the altar is open right now, Lord. I want to give myself away, Lord. I want to give myself to you. I want to give myself to you, Lord. I want to rededicate my life to you this morning. Send Holy Ghost power in my life and change me. Change me, Lord. Change me. Come this morning. Hallelujah. Gather around. Put it a little closer. Just come and stand and lift your hands up to the Lord. Say, Lord, change me, Lord. Change me. What I'm doing isn't working. This isn't working. Something's wrong with me, Lord. This certainly isn't working. Change my life. Change my spirit. Change my soul. Change me, Holy Spirit. Change me, Lord. Change me, Lord. Hallelujah. Quicken me this morning. Give me a true Easter, Lord. Give me a true Easter. Thank you for the message. But Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercies that rewrote my life. What an Easter morning. You rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Would you sing it together with me as you lift your hands up, Lord? Lord Jesus, I want to give myself away to you today. Give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. 
we stand this morning just mortals full of the world everything that surrounds us we fight daily just to keep the clutters from our minds impacted by the God of this evil age but Lord deep down inside of us there's a germ seed that came from you Lord even though we're trapped in this cursed body of lies and deceptions and lust and pulls of this world I ask this morning that you'll send the energy of the Holy Spirit down in the soul where that seed is Lord and resurrect us raise us up to newness in life in the name of Jesus Forgive us of our sins and our mistakes, Lord. But there are many where all our righteousness are filthy rights. And there's no one that's good. No, not one. But, Lord, you have come amongst us this morning as the mighty risen conqueror, the Lord Jesus Christ, to show yourself alive amongst us. We ask you to freshen us with your presence, Lord. Freshen us with the Shekinah glory. Take us this morning, Lord. Maybe somewhere in our minds we have backslidden, Lord. Somewhere in our spirit we have grown cold. I ask the fire and flames of the Holy Spirit to be reignited with passion and fervor in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us, Lord. We rededicate ourselves to you at this altar and this Easter day. We thank you for sending Jesus Christ. Make us alive, Lord. Change us. May we leave this place changed, different. Desires are changed. God, help us, Father. Make us more like Jesus. That's what the message came to do, was to establish a relationship between man and God. Help us, Lord. Strengthen us. Bring Jesus alive in our lives. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. We commit our lives to you. We thank you, Father, for your amazing grace and your love to us. For Calvary's Hill, for the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ that can cleanse us and purge us from every sin, every faint sin, everything, Lord. It doesn't matter what it is. The blood of Jesus Christ is able this morning to wash us and to make us new creatures in Christ Jesus. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. We ask you that you'll go with us today and bless us, strengthen us, I pray. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the church says, amen and amen. Do you love him? You just feel fresh in the Lord this morning. Amen. You can have your seats. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good to us. God is so good to us. Isn't it good to just come back to the altar? Come back to where God is. Every time I think about you, every time I read about you, Every time I hear your name, I start to smile. Sing the song to us. Every time the sun starts shining, and every time the wind 
starts flowing. Every time I feel your anointing, start to smile. Let me tell you. So let me take the time to say I love you. Oh, let me take the time to say I care. so appreciate the young people singing about hallelujah ain't no grave gonna hold my body down amen you, you, you remember that old song brother mark ain't no grave they say it amen let's try it pick it up just a little come on brother matt you can sing it with us amen i know the choir already sing it but there's another way that i know how we used to sing it and god started his church like he wants it and he wants it like he started it and if, is that, if this is that, then the question I want to ask you is, then where is that? All right, let's sing it together. Put your hands together. This is the Pentecostal way of singing. You remember it, Amber? Yeah, there ain't no grave going to hold my body down. There ain't no grave going to hold my body down. When I hear that trumpet sound. I'm gonna get up out of that ground. There ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Said, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. When I hear that trumpet sound, that's what church. Ain't no grave. Praise 
this morning. I appreciate you so much. If the brethren will come, this is the missions offering for Brother Jeffrey Johnson and he's raising the walls and the roof in the Bogotan Church there in um, Ghana. So we want to raise the walls, raise the roof, put the people in a place where they can worship the Lord Jesus Christ. You give to the Lord. While they're doing that, quickly, Brother um, Sam, quickly if you would, uh, give us the projector quickly. Uh, we've been working very tirelessly and um, just around the clock trying to get the new website up, and we've got a good bit done on it. Things are shaping up on it, so this week, if you would, uh, not me. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. This is the new website. You can go on it. You'll see up there, it's got a place, welcome you. It's got a place for uh, podcasts. And um, for Google Play, uh, for Apple and Google Play, and as you scroll down, uh, you can scroll a little faster than that. That's fine. Right there in the middle there is where you can catch the services live. They've got places there, calendar events, all these different things. As you come down to the bottom, I'm sure you can check it out for yourself. Um, they've got places, church times, what we believe, all our podcast um, tabs are there, the most recent sermons. That are there. I don't know who that guy is, but the devil sure hates him. But anyways, and then come on down if you have all the different Google Maps and stuff are on there. So if you scroll back up to the top, there is a menu bar that takes you to into all the different categories of places. You've got events, you've got sermons, you've got staffs, you've got um, uh, places for the banquet, youth staff, uh, and many, many features on there that are, are just um, great for you, great tool to be a witness to uh, people out there. So we, we, we've got a good bit of it done. I believe we've got Google Play, is that correct? Google Play was up and going. So the firm, first sermon that got launched, congratulations to Brother George Moore. <laughs> the first sermon got launched on Wednesday night. God wanted that sermon to go out. There's over eight to 900 people is watching that sermon right now on, uh, on Google Play. And then it'll be launched on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts just this week. So you can go right on there. You can download the sermons anywhere you want to. Cooking, you could be in mowing the grass. You could give it to a friend. They can download, save it for later, even if they're flying an airplane. Amen. The devil can't shut you down. Amen. So we've got a bit going on there. It's shaping up nicely. Things are moving great. We have just been so blessed of the Lord. 
to uh, be able to get all of this done for the glory of the Lord. So more summons will be uploaded. Things will be going. I apologize on Wednesday night. I had to sit back there. I stayed with the media staff just to work with them. But man, Brother George is sure firing it off. Amen. I mean, enjoy that. Amen. What a blessing. Amen. What a blessing. God bless you, my brother. So good to have you as a team here with us as Believers Tabernacle. Together we are going to give the devil some black eyes by God's grace. So the Lord bless you today and be with you. Um, it's 11 minutes after 1, but I know that your turkey is not going to get, um, or what, ham? What, what do we eat on Easter? Ham. Okay, ham is not going to run away because that's cold cuts. And it's ready for you right now. So go home and have a good time with your family. And if you don't mind, to all the saints that are streaming us, shalom to you. Service will be back here on Wednesday evening. Brother Ben Norad will be ministering. Come with your cup upright and join us again in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord.